Hi, everyone. So we're going to do another week without Teen Mom. I know some of you are like, oh, go fuck yourself, Liz, and are turning this off. And to that I say, I get it. I have total understanding for that. But here's the deal. Once again, I don't know. It's just like feeling uninspired with Teen Mom. I, for Patreon this week, was going to do, I basically on Patreon will do these like TikTok internet drama roundups. Back when I first started the Patreon, I was talking way more about YouTube, but RIP YouTube, basically YouTube's kind of dead, or at least for me. The only thing I watch on YouTube now is ASMR, basically. So... (laughs) ASMR is so creepy. It really, like, even saying out loud, like, I shouldn't admit it out loud. It's so fucking creepy that I do that. Um, Anyway, most of my internet drama stuff now comes from TikTok. My plan was to do that, but of course, I had to give an update on Vanderpump Rules, and that ended up taking over an hour. So I was like, well, I still want to do that. So what I decided, because I was feeling uninspired for Teen Mom, was that I was going to do a... Liz Explains episode on the free feed, essentially. So I'm going to post this on the Liz Explains feed. I'm going to post this on the Feathers feed. Everybody can enjoy it if this is not for you. Like I said, I 100% understand. But for next week, don't worry. I already have... I'm going out of town next weekend, so I had to like plan ahead. And I already have a guest lined up. It's a Feathers favorite. So assuming everything goes okay, we will be talking about Team Mom next week. (laughs) Because I know I said last week, like, we'll be talking about Teen Mom. But when I have a guest, it's just, it's significantly easier to record this podcast when I have a guest. So you would say, Liz, why don't you get more guests more often? And to that I say, because I'm a fucking idiot. Like, yeah, because I'm stupid. Because uh, the issue is, is I have a guest most weeks on Patreon. And so I'm, like, planning that and, like, planning what day I'm going to record it. And because I have to pick a topic every single week. Like, it has to be planned in advance. And Feathers has just always been more loosey-goosey for me, which is, you know, it is what it is. And I hate having to, like, stick to a recording schedule with Feathers. I have a basic 36-ish hour window in which I can record it, and really less, honestly. Like, a 24-hour window in which I record Feathers. I mean, theoretically, it can be recorded multiple days in advance. (laughs) But it's not because I go to school, I work an internship, I do another podcast. Um, What do I do? Oh, I have a full-time job too. So I, you know, I do a lot of stuff. Um, (laughs) Just kind of crazy. I don't know. People always ask me like how I do all that. And I'm like, I honestly, I don't know. I, I just don't do a lot of other stuff. Like that's everything that I do in my life, basically. So I essentially record feathers either Friday night, which is usually when I have a guest, or Saturday at some point during the day. I don't love to schedule daytime recordings. Um, I just don't love to do it. So usually if I have a guest on feathers, we record Friday night, but I don't usually want to record on Friday night. I want the night off on Friday. And so yeah, that that's the deal. I am, now that I'm playing tennis on Saturday mornings, because I'm a real tennis girly now, I'm a tennis expert. <laughs> just kidding. I just want to get good enough at tennis that I can like play in a regular game. And I think I'm probably like a year off from that. I think if I do a year of like lessons, then I could be decent enough that I could like play tennis in games, like join like a ladies round robin thing, which by the way, playing tennis as an adult is so fucking annoying 
because all of the time for tennis is at what I call stay-at-home mom hours. The only reason I've been really able to do, well, I do my Saturday morning class, but I do a Thursday class too. And the only reason I'm able to do that is because I work virtually on Thursdays and make my own schedule on Thursdays basically. But it's really hard to find time to play tennis when you are an adult that has a job. Um, every other woman in my Thursday clinic is a stay-at-home mom. So <laughs> that just goes to show, you know, or one woman is like retired, basically, is what the demographic of this class is. Where was I? Oh, tennis is making me really tired and I'm coming up and like taking a nap. <laughs> and then I'm like groggy and not so into recording. So I am going to have to get a better schedule. But yes, Team Mom, all that to say, Team Mom will be back next week. This is going to be an episode that is not for many. (laughs) The few that it's for, thanks for coming along on this journey. Like I said, if you want to hear the update of the Vanderpump Rules stuff, that is on Patreon. I think a lot of people are like maxed out on Vanderpump Rules content, which I 100% understand. (laughs) It has been a lot. I, like, had to stop listening to Vanderpump Rules podcast content after, like, Tuesday. It was just too much. But, you know, then I had to talk about it. So we're going to talk about pop culture stuff that's primarily focused on the internet, which I believe is different than pop culture that lives, that's, like, real pop culture. There's, like, a difference, right? Like, there's internet pop culture and there's real pop culture. I will say our first topic It is a real pop culture story, for sure, and it's, but it takes place on the internet, so it's relevant, and it's, I think, actually harder for a lot of people to, like, access or find out what's going on, because this is primarily living, like, in the TikTok world, but it is between the most followed woman on Instagram and the wife of a very, very famous pop star, so... The rest of it, though, we're going to be talking about what I would consider micro-influencers. I mean, some of these people are extremely famous in their realm, but their realm does not <laughs> does not cross over to mainstream. So I would guess a majority of you have probably not heard of the majority of the people that I'm going to talk about. And I love that. Like, that to me is so fun. That to me is a special gift that I have, if you will. That's so fucking stupid. That sounds so, so, so stupid. But I do think that there is, it is fun that I can like come on here and talk about things that like truly nobody else on podcasts is talking about. I would love to have a podcast where I talk about internet stuff weekly, but I kicked around that idea. And the reality is, is that it's like, it's hard every week to have to do it because there are not good stories every single week. Like sometimes there are, but most of the time there's not an hour's worth of content every single week to cover, in my opinion. There are other podcasts that do it, but very few. And the way that the celebrity, the internet celebrities I want to talk about, there's just not going to be content every week. So I do like though when stuff is going on or when I can do these roundups, I'm going to start doing these roundups more. I think I haven't been talking as much about internet stuff just because I feel like there hasn't been that much going on. But I am going to be making an effort to talk more about it. So with that said, let's start. I'm going to pull up my little list. I did ask on my Patreon Instagram uh, what people wanted to hear. And most of it was stuff that I was kind of already planning on talking about. I like made a list just when I came across things that I would want to talk about. And 
basically everything that was on my list was what was in the questions, but I'm going to go back through the questions to make sure I didn't, there's nothing on there that I like really, really want to talk about that I didn't have on my list. So let's talk about Haley, Haley Bieber and Selena Gomez. I would say that the Vanderpump Rules drama kind of killed this story. They're very lucky. (laughs) Haley's very lucky. (sighs) First of all, If you want to hear me talk about Selena, I did do an episode on her with my friend Matilda on the Patreon, so you can go listen to that. It was about her, her documentary, which was a solid C, I guess. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't that interesting. Selena Gomez is a really interesting figure to me. Oh, I've also done two to three episodes on Demi Lovato. How many episodes is how many however many documentaries that Demi Lovato has had on YouTube I've done a corresponding episode for each of them and in my head they've had three at this point it might only be two but I think there might be three Demi Lovato episodes and obviously Demi and Selena are intrinsically linked from their Disney days Selena Gomez is a really interesting figure to me because I I have just always known, not always, but for the last, like, many years, I have known that Selena is, like, a fucking mess. And I I feel like Selena has some of the best PR in the game. And for whatever reason, her bad girl stuff, like, just doesn't get a ton of press coverage. But, like, Selena has drug and alcohol problems, like, severe enough that she's been in rehab multiple times. And you know, they'll say, like, she's in rehab for depression. And, like, I'm not saying that doesn't exist and that it's impossible for her to have that. But there is also video of her and Justin at, like, a random flea market in L.A. trying to buy drugs. So, mm, 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 you know, like, (laughs) make of that what you will. I personally believe that there, I would bet that, I'm going to say she, like, seems to struggle with substance abuse, right? Because, like, who fucking knows what is actually going on? And it is possible that, like, depression has been, like, the primary issue, and that is why she's going to treatment and she's addressing drug and alcohol stuff when she's in there. I hope that's what's happening. But she's really messy and has been really messy. But Selena has the benefit of a lot of things. First of all, the benefit of being a former best friend of Demi Lovato. Full stop. That has helped Selena's image as a good girl more than almost anything, probably, because When Selena and Demi were, you know, transitioning from child star to adult star, Demi was going off the fucking rails and Selena publicly was not. So when Selena is like going into her adulthood, dating Justin Bieber and getting like this incredible press around that and doing some music and movies, um, Demi is going to rehab, right? And like really struggling. And I actually think that a lot of the resentment Demi has for Selena comes from this because I'm not saying that Selena's PR like used Demi. I think that this is totally like not coincidental, but I I don't think this was done on purpose by Selena and her PR is what I'm saying. I think that (sighs) Demi was a girl that wore hats, so she was alternative. (laughs) Demi Demi wore a hat and like gloves, so Disney was like, "You're a rocker, girl. You're a rock star." (laughs) so you know while Demi was wearing hats Selena got like the girly goody two shoes at it and so I think just naturally it was easier to accept that Demi was 
bad girl and Selena was good girl. Um, Demi is using they, she pronouns now. I'm going to primarily use they pronouns for Demi because I'm a little unclear on what they prefer. But just in case you're like, I thought they were only using they pronouns. My understanding is that they're using they, she pronouns. Don't even get me started on the reaction to the adding back the she pronouns and the way that people were like, oh, fucking thank God. Finally, finally, we don't have to use the they anymore. Like, oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, so Demi is all fucked up. And I think that Demi holds a lot of resentment towards Selena because I think that Selena was partying probably just as much as Demi but wasn't having quite the negative consequences or even close to the negative consequences that Demi was having. So Selena was kind of able to like push through and become this like, you know, beloved late teens, early childhood star where Demi was really not. Demi's, she's, Demi's had trouble, you know, like successfully transitioning to adult star. They've never had like an insane smash hit. I mean, I think Sorry Not Sorry is <laughs> such a good pop song. Truly, like, one of my favorite pop songs. Like, I just think it's so fun to sing. It's such a good song. Cool for the Summer is also great. But Demi's just never had, like, a super smash hit. And I would argue Selena hasn't really either. But Selena is just, I think, more marketable. And Selena had the Justin Bieber relationship. And in a lot of cases... Having an extremely famous relationship is actually probably more important for your career than having a smash single. <laughs> we can kind of look at three child start. I think we can look at Miley, Demi, and Selena here. Miley had fucking hits. Okay. Party in the USA is why Miley's so famous. <laughs> like, Party in the USA was fucking everywhere. Everybody went nuts for that song. Even if they hated it, they still loved it. That pushed Miley to adulthood, right? Like, Party in the USA absolutely pushed Miley to adulthood. Um, And that, like, she was able to do, like, the bad girl thing, but she had hits. She had really successful music. So Selena, I think, goes the relationship route. And then Demi is, like, has never quite been able to, like, push through the way that Demi or excuse me, that Selena and Miley have because they don't have either of those things, honestly. Where was I? Anyway, so Selena obviously dated Justin Bieber for a long time. It was an incredibly, from what we know, abusive and toxic situation. I do believe Selena has like officially said that he was emotionally abusive to her. Um, They were on and off for many, many, many years. The last time that they were together, a what, three months after they broke up is when he had married Haley Bieber, formerly Baldwin. A lot of people were thrown off by that, but I remember I wasn't because I read that GQ profile, I believe it was GQ, of Justin Bieber by Katie Weaver, who is like the best modern celebrity profiler, in my opinion. And in it, she talks about the fact that like she's talking to Justin in his hotel room and... (laughs) Haley Bieber is there and she's just like sitting on his bed like absolutely silent not reading anything not looking at her phone just sitting there essentially meditating the entire time so I I mean and just also like obviously following celebrity gossip and I knew that they had been hooking up at times when he was not with Selena or probably even when he was with Selena so Selena's family is an intervention apparently (laughs) it's like 
her mom cuts her off at one point for still talking to Justin. Like, it's really, really bad. She finally breaks free of that. He marries Haley, and they've been married for five years, which is genuinely one of the most shocking things. Here's another thing about Haley Bieber. Um, I think that there's a real, I think that Haley is one of the biggest disconnects between Gen Z and millennials. Because I go on this app called TikTok, right? I keep up with the kids, if you will. And before at least all this mess happened, like Haley is incredibly popular with Gen Z. I'm sure there's one to six Gen Zers who are listening to this who are like, "Eh, I don't really agree with you, but just come along on my ride, okay? Haley is, they really like her fashion. Obviously, those glazed donut nails, which I myself got. I've actually gotten them twice. I fucking love them. Haley is, I I think that millennials are like, I don't get it. And I don't think there's really anything to get. She's just like, they love Justin, right? Because Justin was like their childhood crush. Just, I'm too old for Justin Bieber. I never really liked his music until... You know, like, I didn't like his, like, original hit of music just since, what, eight years younger than me. He's significantly younger than me. Um, I have some really random Justin Bieber stories that I'm sure I've told on this podcast before, but one of my best friends um, was in a relationship and actually they are back together now uh, and having a baby. He actually posted on Instagram, so I guess I can say that on this podcast, Um but one of my best friends, in, who I'm still best friends with, back when we were graduating high school in our early college days, her brother became best friends with somebody who had a one-hit wonder. Um, it's Asher Roth. I love college. I don't, like, there's, there is definitely people who listen to this that know this. And my best friend's brother was, like, his best friend and on tour with him. And then my best friend was dating Asher for a while. And, like, 10 years later, they got back together. It's extremely cute. They've been together for a very long time. He's amazing. They're amazing. It's great. But at the time, Asher had gone to Atlanta to record an album (laughs) because Scooter Braun was his manager and had him recording this album in Atlanta. And my best friend's brother and then their, like, third friend that was – they had this little group of three – we're living in Atlanta with them. And like, I remember my friend's brother coming home and like talking about this young kid. And I was like, I don't get it. (laughs) They're like, we hang out with this kid. He's around all of the time. He's a really good singer. And he's like Usher's protege. And I was like, you're talking about a child? Like, I could, these stories they would tell me, I was like, I don't understand what you're talking about. You are all 22. I think they were 22 because we were like 19 at this point. So they're like three or four years older than us. And I was like, what are you talking about? Why is there a child hanging out at the home that you live at? That is very weird. Where are his parents? And they were like, I don't really know. I don't really know where his parents are. And I was like, okay, (laughs) that is weird. And they were like, he probably is going to be famous. Like Usher really likes him. So then my friend, my best friend, went down. This is not my best friend that lives in Virginia, by the way. I have two best friends. I just don't talk about this one on the podcast that much. But she's lovely, amazing. Like I said, she's about to have a little baby. I'm so excited. But she went down to visit visit Asher in Atlanta. And she came back and she told me about the kid that hung around them. 
And she's like, oh, my God, he has this voice. He, like, sang to me. Like, Scooter took us all out to dinner because, like, Scooter had become this presence in our lives, right? Because Scooter was the one that was, like, changing Asher and the other guy's lives. So Scooter was a thing. It's very, this is such a weird story. (laughs) Sometimes we laugh about this because it's, like, it sounds so fake I, to be like, oh, yeah, I knew about Justin Bieber before he was famous. It's like, so when he was 10 and it's like, well, yeah, actually, when he was 10. So she was like, he sang to me. He was incredible. Smash cut to a few years later and baby comes out and Justin Bieber is so famous. And she's like, oh, my God, that's him. If you actually look on YouTube, if you watch Justin Bieber's Silent Library episode, he that he's in that with Asher, my friend's brother and our other friends. So... <laughs> It's very weird and random, um, this Justin Bieber connection that I have. But my main takeaway from that is that Justin was truly, like, left alone, unattended in Atlanta when he was 12, 10 to 12 years old. I actually don't know exactly how old he was, but he was, how old was he when, he had been discovered on YouTube, like I said, Scooter discovered him, and he was in Atlanta. So he was so fucking young. Okay, he was 15 when Baby came out, so he's probably around 12 at this point. And I say that to say, where were his parents? (laughs) Where was Justin Bieber's mother? I think she was there in Atlanta is my understanding, but he was hanging around adults. Um, My friends were good people, like thankfully, right? Like thankfully, he ended up with adults that were like decent people at that point that he was hanging around with. Um, Like the worst thing that those guys did was smoke weed, right? Like that thankfully. But still, like, why a 12-year-old was allowed to just, like, be allowed to hang out, they would be like, we babysit him. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. (laughs) What are you all talking about? (laughs) So, it's so silly. Like, this. I don't even know how I got here, but I don't, I must have told the story on the podcast before. I feel like I definitely have. Um, It's just like a silly little part of my history that's like not totally part of my history because I didn't meet him. I just remember this presence uh, in these stories of this child that ended up becoming Justin Bieber. And then like, occasionally I would like see him doing things with my friends on TV. It was it was a very weird time in, in my life, if you will. So where was I? Oh, so Justin obviously is a fucking mess. He's been a mess. And I think he's a mess because his parents let him hang out with adults when he was 12 years old, basically unsupervised, just essentially living in Atlanta by himself. It's honestly, all things considered, like, he's probably a lot better than he could have been. So Selena and Justin have this tumultuous relationship, blah, blah, blah. Everybody knows this. So where are we now? Okay, so... Selena and Haley have had this weird back and forth throughout the years. Um, Somebody at one point, like, put together this Medium article about how Haley Bieber essentially, like, stalked Justin to become, like, his girlfriend. She was a fangirl, right? Uh, Haley will occasionally get caught, like, liking comments on Selena hate pages. Like, it's never good. It's never huge, but, like, there's always been, like, back and forth things. So, Selena's, like, super into TikTok now. Even though Selena will be like, I don't go on social media. And I'm like, well, what's TikTok? Like, 
she very clearly goes on TikTok all of the time because when she posts, she's doing like deep cut trends. She's commenting on shit. Like she goes on TikTok, but she will then do an interview and be like, I haven't been on social media in three years. I'm like, what are you talking about? So if you don't know um, Selena Gomez, besides having what seems like substance abuse issues to me, she also has lupus. Uh, She got a kidney transplant. She and the donor of that kidney, who at the time was like her best friend slash assistant. Was she her assistant? They were friends. And it's actually like really shitty how this happened. Uh, Francesca is her name, right? Had gotten a test and the doctors called and told Selena that they were a match. So Selena called her and was like, we're a match, which is not how it's supposed to go. The recipient is like never supposed to know who matched them unless that person is like specifically telling them themselves because giving an organ is like such a monumental decision that even if you are a match like you should be allowed to say no without any pressure because just because you get tested for something doesn't mean that you're like totally committed to giving somebody a fucking vital organ right so she felt pressured into saying yeah she did Uh, The two of them kind of fell out. They were back together. And then when Selena's documentary came out, Francesca was not happy with it. I think is her. I need to look at her name. Hold on. Sorry. Her name is Francia. And apparently yesterday, (laughs) Selena was talking about how they're best friends and she's forever indebted to her. But I don't know, man. Um, After the documentary came out, she was doing Selena was doing all these interviews where she was saying, like, I don't have any industry friends. And Francia, like, commented on the Instagram, like the E! News Instagram post and was like, oh, okay," like something like that. And everyone's like, well, Francia is not an industry friend, but Francia is a working actress. So there's been drama. They were not seen together for many, many years and they were seen together again. Then Francia was obviously unhappy with the way that she was being talked about or the way that Selena was talking about like having friends in the industry. Also like Selena did that and then was constantly hanging out with Nicole at Nicola Peltz Beckham. And which one is she married to the oldest Beckham kid? Brooklyn. Is she married to Brooklyn? I think so. (laughs) I know when she's Selena says stuff and I'm like, this is factually incorrect. Like, I don't know what you mean by that because that is not true. Like, you have industry friends. You are with them a lot. You post about them. So I don't really know what to tell you, girly. Um, so Selena's lupus. She also has bipolar disorder. And in her documentary talks about the fact that I think she said in like 2018 or 19, she had like a total psychotic break, which is really sad and scary. So Selena has, in the last few years, I think, gotten, like, a ton of goodwill, you know, talking about her mental health, Rare Beauty, which I really like Rare Beauty. Uh, It's rare that, like, a celebrity makeup brand hits that hard. And I would say, besides Fenty, Rare is, like, one of the most popular celebrity makeup brands. I think it stands in its own right, you know? Like, it's, it's rare that a celebrity makeup brand is, like, you don't even associate it with the celebrity to a certain extent. And I feel that way about Fenty and I feel that way about Rare Beauty. So she's on Only Murders in the Building, which I think she's very cute in. Um, When she didn't get that Emmy nomination, people were calling it a snub. And I was like, "Mm." I think she is serviceable in that role, which you know what is fine. That's all she needs to be. I think she's a decent actress 
which is totally fine. But Selena has been acting goofy, goofy, goofy on TikTok, in my opinion, including doing things like commenting, like commenting on Jelena, Justin and Selena fan page, like edits. <laughs> like, it's very weird. Um, She will comment on like negative videos about Haley. Like it's just it's not. It, it's really unbecoming, I'll say. So there was this video in which Haley and Kylie, Kylie posted it of them talking about brow lamination, which was people are going back and forth if it was or was not mocking a video Selena had posted a few days before. I would say it probably was, but I guess there is plausible deniability. And Selena's fans like went fucking insane. And Selena's in the comments being like, I love you guys. I support you guys. And so obviously, like, Haley and Kylie were, like, losing followers so quickly and everyone was just like, they're mean girls. They're mean girls. We support Selena. And I am like, huh? Huh? Because to me, Selena's always been a real messy bitch, like, always been a real messy bitch. And in my opinion, Selena commenting on anything Justin TikTok related is fucking weird. Selena commenting on anything Haley TikTok related is weird because here's the thing. Selena won because she's not with Justin Bieber anymore, who is a fucking miserable mess, right? Like everybody knows that Haley's relationship with him looks, well, we don't know what their relationship is actually like, but most of us view it as sad. We're like, ooh, glad that's not me. And so for Selena to, like, be engaging in this, I just think is so lame. Like, you're the one that is so successful, so much more famous, so much more liked. Everybody loves you. What are you doing fighting with Hailey Bieber and Kylie Jenner on TikTok? And there are, like, some more details that I could probably look up and share, but this is kind of the gist of it, right? Like, that they're going back and forth in a way that, in my opinion, makes Selena look like a fucking loser. I actually, I was getting my nails done, like, when this was all happening. And the girl, the lady that does my nails, she, I say, she's, I think, probably six or seven years younger than me. We're contemporaries, if you will. And she was like, yeah, but, like, aren't we Team Selena? And I was like, here's the thing. Like, we are because Haley and Kylie are lame as fuck. But, like... The winner should never get down in the mud with the losers. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, there is no way for Selena to, like, engage in this fighting with Haley without her looking lame. Like, Selena, girly, you won. All it does is, like, make her look hung up on Justin so, which I kind of think she is. So here's my theory. I think that Justin and Selena still talk. I would bet they've hooked up a few times since he's gotten married. Not a bunch, not a bunch. I'm not saying they are like having a Raquel and Tom Sandoval months long affair, right? Like, I, I don't think it's that. But I think that they were an incredibly abusive relationship. And it does not seem to me that Selena has done a lot of healing. So as somebody that was in an incredibly abusive relationship and before I had done a lot of healing, I like could not leave him alone. Like it was just impossible for me. 
I kind of think that's where Selena is. And obviously, I am projecting my own life onto Selena, but that's what this podcast is. This podcast just, you know, is called Liz Bentley Projects Her Life onto Celebrity and Reality TV Figures. Like, that that's what this podcast is. So when people are like, you talk about yourself too much on there, I'm like, no, that's the point. Like, the point of this podcast is for me to project my life and my feelings onto teen mom characters. <laughs> that's what we're doing here. <laughs> But I really think that I would bet that Selena and Justin text a few times a year. He sends her a I just miss you so much text. She sends him a do you remember when we did this thing text at 3 a.m. when she's fucking drunk. Also, like, I don't know, guys. Selena seems drunk a lot to me. Um, Like when she fell on the red carpet not that long ago. I feel like she struggles to get her words out a lot when I'm watching her speak. And, like, it could be various other things. To me, it reads like she's drunk. But once again, that could just be me projecting. But I think that Selena is still wrapped up in some sort of bullshit with Justin. And I don't think that they're, like I said, I don't think they're together. Like, I don't think they're having, like, this long affair but I do think that there is still shit going on between the two of them because Justin is an abusive monster that keeps all these people wrapped in his orbit. And it just makes me feel sad for her. And like anytime I watch her like get into the mud with Haley, I'm like, Selena, you you should be able to look at this situation and realize that Haley did the, you the favor of your life. By like marrying Justin quickly after you guys broke up so that you could not get back together with him. Like that is actually so good for you. And it makes me sad that she doesn't seem to be at a point that she sees it that way, at least based on her public behavior. Right. Because a healed Selena would not be acknowledging Haley because a healed Selena would be like, oh, God, I ooh. I mean, I don't like to her friends, by the way, never in public. She'd be like, I mean, I don't fucking like her. She tried to fuck my boyfriend when we were together. I've never liked her. But honestly, like, I know how abusive and terrible Justin is. And it just makes me sad that she's still engaged, like, part of that. And that she's like, I know how sad her life has to be because I've lived her life. And that makes me really sad. And I like, I wish that she would get out of that. It doesn't seem that she views it this way. And that's real red flag. Like, ew, I think they still talk. Maybe they haven't ever hooked up or maybe they've only hooked up like once in that five years. But I would bet that there's still toxicity going on between Justin and Selena. And when you are the winner, when you are the most followed woman on Instagram, when you are the most successful celebrity beauty, uh, she's, I think, rare is still second to Fenty. Um, I think, you know, I think Fenty still has that cornered, like, but when you are the second most famous celebrity uh, be- uh, beauty company, when you are starring on a hit show that's getting all these Emmy nominations and the critics fucking love it and they love you and they think you're doing so good on it. When you're like getting these like chances to speak in front of Congress about mental health and meeting with the president and like she's doing so much and her life outwardly seems so good that what are you doing fighting with Haley? Why are you watching Justin's stuff? And to me, to me, that tells me that her For You page is all Justin, Haley, Selena stuff. Because here's the thing, TikTok serves you what you want to view. And so if she's engaging and watching and commenting 
on these like Justin, Haley, Selena things, then that's what's happening. Um, Haley makes me sad. Justin like didn't come out and support Haley through any of this, which you think that he would considering she was like any death threats. His birthday party was the other day and he gave out these little things that was like, I'm so glad my life didn't turn up the way I thought I wanted it to be, which every something like that, which everybody thought was a direct dig at Selena because he wanted to marry Selena and then he married Haley shortly after that. Maybe it is. Uh, To me, it seems very obvious that there is still a lot of Selena involved in Haley and Justin's relationship. And as we know, Justin is an extremely toxic, abusive, significant other. I would bet he brings up Selena a lot. Haley's probably still super insecure about it. And so, like, if that is your life, no shit that, like, Haley's still in the mud, right? Like, that that makes sense to me. What doesn't make sense to me is Selena engaging back with it. She was getting, like, some pretty... I mean, like, she had a bunch of people that were like, yes, we love you, Selena. Go, Selena. But I think also a lot of people that were like, what is she doing? She deleted her TikTok. Then she was back. (laughs) It's just messy. It's just really messy in a way that is really unbecoming, if you will, of Selena. It, It doesn't make her look good, and she should stay out of it. Okay, those are my thoughts on Justin healing Selena. Okay, the next person I want to talk about is Jessica Kent. Now, I have talked about Jessica Kent on this podcast. I found her YouTube channel many years ago. I've never been like a super fan of her. I didn't keep up with her for a long time, but she's like popped back up. I ran into some TikTok drama of her. If you will remember, I have talked about her because she made YouTube videos talking about how she gave birth in prison and then was able to get her daughter back from the foster care system. And I found her story really impressive. She, when I first started watching her, I think had like seven or eight years sober. I just, I thought that her prison advocacy stuff was really interesting. And I just, I liked her. I found her videos to be really inspirational. I think that a story of any mother being able to get her child back from the system, especially when she, the child went into the system because the mother was in prison, is incredibly remarkable. And I was just super impressed with it. So I kind of stopped watching Jess because she, I want to say this in a way that it makes sense, but she started smoking weed and... I have no problem with people smoking weed. I talked about this recently, right, where I've really evolved, like, I'm really deconstructing a lot of my views from AA and the 12 steps, but I do find something annoying in a sober person whose platform is being sober, who talks all about being sober, than obsessively talking about weed, because then she was talking about weed all of the fucking time, all of the time, and I was like, I don't, I don't care. Like, this is a no care for me, right? Like, I I just don't care about this. And to me, her content just became less interesting. And so I just faded away. It wasn't like, I can't follow her because she's smoking weed. It was just like, I don't know. She did that thing where like when people start smoking weed and it becomes their personality. And I was like, "Uh okay, I did that when I was 14. You know, like, (laughs) yeah. Hello. Welcome to me being 14 years old. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. So I was scrolling TikTok one day, or maybe I was on Reddit, and I saw on the TikTok gossip page, which is awful, basically all Reddit snark around TikTok is awful, even though I read it, it's awful. I don't know what it is. It's not clever. It's awful. 
So I, someone was like, what's going on between Jess and Mindy? And I was like, who's Mindy? (laughs) Ooh, I'm like, Jessica Kent. She's having drama. Oh my God. So I go and find Mindy and I was like, oh, I have gotten this woman's videos before because I had been getting videos of her talking about coming out of a relapse recently. And I was like, oh yeah, I have seen her before. So Jessica became very popular on TikTok. Like she was one who was really able to transition from YouTube to TikTok very, very well, Um, which good for her. That's not been super easy for everybody to do, but she's done a good job at it. And basically Jessica in the last year and a half, her life has like really blown up. She had been engaged to this guy for a long time. When I first found her page, actually, (laughs) This is so bad because she got with him shortly after she got out of prison, like right around when she was getting her daughter back. And her daughter thought that her fiance was her biological father and he was not. He was fully not. So they didn't tell her that until she was like eight or nine, which is not great. But they had gotten they had had another baby. They moved from, I believe, Arkansas to like the suburbs of Chicago. Like she was really, really doing well. I saw that she posted that her now ex-fiance Reese had relapsed, that he was smoking meth, he had become abusive. I'm like, oh my God, that's so awful. I hope they're okay. Um, And I saw that there was like a lot of shit going on. So basically Jess's life has just like really started to blow up. One that really surprised me that I did not see because I had not been following her is that she started drinking again about I think around the time that, like, the relapse happened of her fiance or a little bit before, um, here's the thing. Do I think that some people can drink successfully? Yes, I for sure do. I have a problem with people who drink and smoke weed calling themselves sober. I do. Will I feel this way in three years? I don't know, right? Because... Five years ago, I would have been like, if you smoke weed, you are not sober. Do not use that language. I still, like I was talking about in that episode recently, I still am like a little unsure why people feel the need to cling so hard to the word sober and can't just say recovery. But she made videos talking about the fact that her drinking had become really problematic and that she was struggling with it. And at the end of her video, it'd be like, but I'm still sober. And I'm like, Girl, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? That doesn't make any fucking sense. (laughs) Like, you cannot be struggling with alcohol and be sober. Full stop. I don't care. I don't care how that makes me sound. Like I said, if I change my mind in three years, fine. But you cannot. You cannot be sober and have problems with alcohol. That doesn't make fucking sense. You can be off your former drug of choices and like yeah maybe your life isn't falling apart the way that it was when you did opiates or smoked meth but like you're getting on youtube and talking about the fact that you're struggling with alcohol what's going on girly like what what do you mean so this mindy dress drama happens as i said mindy is another like sober prison person this really gets into like the public sober person thing that i've talked a lot about right where i find that being a public sober person to be really dangerous in a lot of ways because it really like pigeonholes you and when you do have problems you can't really talk about them I also just think that it's I it's like I don't know like am I like I don't know because I think somebody could argue that I'm a public sober person just like on a micro 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 scale but my content has never been exclusively about my recovery right as I said this is a podcast called Liz Bentley projects her life onto the 
cast of Teen Mom. And Teen Mom happens to have a lot of substance abuse issues. But like that, this is not a podcast about Liz Bentley's sobriety, right? And like, I'm not marketing my sobriety. My sobriety is just part of my story in which I talk about and I use my experiences to talk about what I'm seeing on television and the substance stuff that's going on on television. So I personally don't think that I am, but I mean, to a certain extent, like I am a person that is publicly sober, public. I mean, <laughs> I I don't have that many listeners, right? Like, <laughs> I'm not famous in any way, shape or form. I'm not an influencer. I'm not a content creator. I have a podcast that like 5,000 people a week listen to. It's an extremely, extremely small podcast. Um, so, but whatever, I, I am a person that talks about being sober in a public space. And that does mean like, I don't know what it would look like if I relapsed. Like, I, I don't know if I would come on the podcast and admit it. I really don't know because I would, first of all, I think I'd be extremely embarrassed. Um, I mean, it's hard enough when you are a person that doesn't have any sort of public, persona and you relapse and you have to tell your friends and family like that's it's really embarrassing for most people and to have to do it to strangers I would imagine is significantly harder and I I I don't know like I said I don't know what my life would look like first of all I don't know if I could do a podcast if I wasn't sober let alone two I I don't know I don't I don't really think I could I think that it would become obvious pretty quickly that I was not sober um, because I think that I would just start become. I was an extremely inconsistent person and it's something that I definitely still struggle with in sobriety. It's part of my ADHD, I think, but addiction made it like a million, million times worse. And I will say something about me with these podcasts is that I have been consistently posting for six years at the five years, however long, three, I think this episode might be like episode 299 of Feathers in My Hair, right? Like, yeah, I've missed weeks. But for the most part, like I have posted every single week. <laughs> I've probably posted 50 week or maybe I probably post what 48 weeks out of the year. Uh, on Patreon, I don't think I've missed a week since I started that three years ago. It's oh, it's like the three year anniversary almost of the Patreon. Because I think I was furloughed around March 20th ish. Right? Because I was not home for very long before I was furloughed. So whenever that was, um, is the three-year anniversary. And I don't think I've missed one week on there. There might have been one week in which I, like, ran an oldish episode with, like, a new commentary at the beginning. But I have, I'm extremely consistent with these podcasts. Whenever anybody asks me about creating podcasts, the one piece, the main piece of advice is, you need to be able to put out a podcast every single week. Are you going to commit to doing it every single week? And most people are not and cannot do that. And obviously, there are many ways to release a podcast. That's just my advice. And I think that if I was using, that would start becoming obvious like quickly because I think I would become really inconsistent. I think that would probably be the first like big indicator. But I don't Oh, right. Because I'm saying like, I, I don't really know what I would say if I if I was not sober anymore. I don't really know how I would handle talking about it on the podcast. So I find it weird to get to start smoking weed and drinking problematically and still billing yourself as a 
sober creator, a creator who's talking about recovery. I It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think it's dangerous in many ways. Um, you know, you have influence. That's why it's called being an influencer. And I just, I don't know, it kind of like gives me the heebie-jeebies. So this Mindy woman posted these videos, including text messages, basically saying that she and, well, I think Jess actually posted first. I don't, I don't remember who posted first, but basically they get into this drama and Mindy had been staying at Jessica's house. Um, She had relapsed. Jess let her come and say she was smoking crack or meth. She said the one that she was smoking was not her drug of choice, and it was either meth used to be the drug of choice and she was smoking crack this time or vice versa um, at Jessica's house with the girls there. Mindy, I guess, called CPS at one point or CPS was called a few times to Jess's house. And Mindy basically gets online and posts these texts with Jess talking about Xanax and Adderall Mindy says that Jessica is living with a drug dealer named Jason, who she had had on her YouTube a couple of times because I think they had been friends like back in their using days. And he got out of prison and she says that she is Jessica's with this man. He's around her children and she claims that Jason is an active drug dealer. Really serious accusations. She posts these text messages in which Jessica's talking about the fact that CPS had come to the house like um, you know, Mindy's talking about the fact that there are like sex workers in the house, which is not inherently bad, right? But when you have people in your home that are your kids are in your home, you're doing drugs, there are sex workers there, there are drug dealers there, like that's that's not a great that's really not a great environment. Uh, they sh- that should not be around your children. All of that together, right? Like the partying, the insanity that comes with it. I want to be clear. I'm not saying that sex workers shouldn't be around children. That's not what I'm saying at all. But if you are living a life of sobriety and you are just like a woman that is not a sex worker yourself, it is rare that a man in your home would be having sex workers over, basically, is what I'm saying. I hope that I'm coming across clearly on that because I really, really, really don't want to be shaming sex workers. I don't think there's anything inherently dangerous about sex workers to children. I think it just speaks to the uh, like partying nature that was going on in her home. Like that is kind of the bigger element, right? That she's hanging out with all of these people that are partying. I believe in the text I mentioned that the sex worker was using drugs as well. Like, and she, you know, in her video, she's like, there's nothing wrong with sex workers being in your home. And there isn't like there really isn't. It's just part of the bigger picture. Um, And as I said, remember, like, Jessica's daughter was in the system for years. And once you've already been in the system, if they come back around, like, that's really risky. I I also feel like, especially when it comes to, like, the drinking, why are you risking it? Like, you had your daughter taken away and you worked so hard to get her back. So the idea that you'd be willing to, like, risk it with this experimental behavior, to me, speaks to a bigger problem, right? Like, that you would be willing to put essentially custody of your daughters on the line so that you can drink sometimes, that I, that I can't I can't fuck with. So in these texts, like I said, she's talking about Xanax, she's talking about Adderall. So Jessica comes out and she's like, "I have debilitating ADHD. I'm on Adderall, and my that's what, and I'm on whatever else I'm on is between me and my doctor. Whoever I'm fucking is between me and that person. It's none of your business." 
And it's like, kind of. (laughs) Once again, can you be an addict in recovery and be on Adderall? Yeah, of course. Of course you can. Um, If you've had a serious problem with meth in the past, is it a red flag? Maybe. Is it a red flag if you're also smoking weed? You're also talking about having trouble with um, drinking. You're also texting about taking Xanax. So she says she has like a Xanax prescription, even though in the text she's clearly like talking about getting Xanax legally. Um, I think that she got prescriptions for things, uh, but she at one point had been buying them on the street. And when you're living with a guy who has accusations of being a drug dealer, Jessica also talks a lot about, you know, being an ally. And this Jason guy, his fucking Facebook profile picture has a Confederate flag in it. (laughs) And somebody asked her, like, why are you associating with white supremacists? And she's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I would never do that. I don't know any white supremacists. And it's like, you would have been better off not answering that because you can go on that guy's Facebook and see it. There's just, it's just, it's really hard to watch. Um, I, I, I don't want to sit here and be like, you know, she should not be on Adderall. She should not be on Xanax. She should not be on, she should not be drinking. She should not be smoking weed. Because while I do believe most of that stuff, I do think that's like between her and herself, basically, and like her and CPS, basically. Um, but when it comes to like, the fact that you want to be a content creator and then you get called out on this stuff and you're like, this is none of your business. And it's like, well, it kind of is, you know, it kind of is. It's like, that's all listen shit. I didn't want to address any of that, but like, it kind of is everybody's business. Maybe not every single detail, but like, if you are going to make money selling your life, you have to understand that you have to share certain things. And I'm using the word have to because, like, that's what your audience demands of you. And I, it's just, it's really sad to watch, honestly. She does not seem to be doing well. She looks like she's lost a lot of weight. She, and she's a very thin woman to begin with. She's looking very, like, gaunt in the face. Um, Like I said, there are two young children. I think her daughters are, like, 10 and 6, something like that. Maybe the older one's a little older, but they're young. Uh, that Jason man scares me. Uh, the boyfriend of hers really scares me. <sighs> this Mindy woman is also like unhinged, by the way, that's like fighting with Jess. And I don't believe everything she says, but Jess has not denied any of these text messages, even though she's denied a lot of the stuff that's come out. And yeah, I just I worry for her. I think now she's leaned really hard into the fact that uh, her fiance, her ex fiance was very abusive towards her in the end. And especially I would imagine when he was smoking meth and that's really scary. And I think that she's talking about that now kind of exclusively. And it's like, well, are you so a public sober person? Or are you not? I don't know. I worry for her. I think she her life is blowing up before our eyes, which is kind of wild to watch And I would not be surprised if she goes back to treatment. She also, like, the other thing is that she's like, you guys know I'm always honest with you. You guys know I'm always honest with you. I'm about honesty. I'm about honesty. Which, like, fine. Okay. But she can't be honest because she has children and CPS will get involved if she's honest. So it's a really interesting breakdown to watch of somebody that had long-term sobriety and really built a brand on long-term sobriety and now 
seemingly does not have long-term sobriety anymore. Okay, her name is Jessica Kent, in case you want to go look her up. A couple things I got asked about a few times that I don't follow. I do not follow Brittany Dawn. Brittany Dawn is an influencer that lives in Texas that I believe is being sued by the state of Texas for some fraudulent, like, workout package she was selling. She's a Christian influencer, and she has foster kids in a way that's pretty scary to a lot of people, but I don't follow her. Have you met Jasper yet? I'm not sure who Jasper is. Um, a bunch of people asked me about the Doherty, Doherty, I don't know how you say their name, Doherty Dozen. They are a family that has 12 kids. I don't follow them. Um, I really, she gives me the heebie-jeebies. As I've said, I'm not, like, morally against, <laughs> I'm not morally against um, people posting their kids on TikTok. I am not a hardliner on that, but I just don't, like, their content like the videos I've seen I'm like I don't know um and oh a couple of people asked me about Elise Myers who is this content creator that I don't really get like she's never been a hard follow for me I I find her confusing I mean I think she's like likable in that way that she's like no I'm so awkward <laughs> she's like trying to like embrace her curly hair and it looks terrible and she's always crying about how mean people are about her hair which honestly like if I cut my hair and everyone's like you look like shit I would be crying too and that's why I would never be a social media influencer in that way because I could not handle that um she is just a really I think people like love her like she's one of those people that like well, first of all, I think people really identify with her. And so she is one of those people that, like, people fiercely defend. And I'm not sure there's necessarily anything wrong with her. She's very boring to me. But people are obsessed with her. And there was this weird thing last week. So if you don't know, the TikTok search feature is very bad. Um, So TikTok figured out that people were leaving TikTok to Google things. And so they were like, okay, so how can we make it so people aren't, because TikTok's ultimate goal is like never leave our app. And so they came up with like this suggested search feature. So sometimes when you like open the comment section in a video or even at the bottom of a video, it will be a topic, like a suggested search. And oftentimes it has nothing to do with the fucking video. Nothing at all. I'll It will be like this person drama and I'm like oh cool there's drama about them and I click on it and there's like three videos that show up from eight years ago and I'm like what <laughs> what what does this have to do with anything and nothing it has nothing to do with it um so there was there is this creator that's like a labor and delivery nurse and she posted this video of herself I guess after a hard shift which is I mean it's kind of a silly video she's just sitting in her car crying um to some sad trending song and like there's nothing inherently wrong with this video but it is very funny to think that she like got out of this hard day at work and was like all right let me turn this camera on then she just sat staring at the camera for a minute and went okay that's it as she's crying and she goes what sound should I put on here <laughs> <laughs> like picks the sound but on that video because she's still in her scrubs everybody knows she's a labor and delivery nurse the suggested search bar feature is elise myers pregnancy loss and elise myers has recently announced that she is pregnant for a second time um i guess people like didn't get her announcement video which she didn't seem that happy about but people flip the fuck out because people have such an intense parasocial relationship with her and don't get me wrong, like, what the fuck, TikTok? <laughs> like, what the fuck? She did not have a pregnancy loss. Like, she is so pregnant. Like, why would that ever be a search feature? Do you have a human on here doing this? Like, 
what the fuck they need to fix that feature. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's so inaccurate. To put like a person that's pregnant and have pregnancy loss next to their name is so insane. But this poor woman, I mean, and I think her name is Jen Hamilton. I don't know shit about her. She could be awful. So if she's awful, that's fine. I don't follow her. I don't care about her. But in this context, I will say this poor woman who did not mention Elise in any way, shape or form, she actually said no words in her video has to come on and make an apology video <laughs> because people were like, you, you said that she lost her baby because, and she said no such thing. She said no such thing. And she had to apologize for it. And people are in the comments being like, I was hysterical when I saw that. I can't believe, like I was sobbing until I went to Elisa's page and I'm like, okay, you need to log off. And here's the thing, like, I cry on TikTok literally every day. I mean, I'm a crier in general. I'm somebody who cries. I could think about the fact that I cry a lot and I can start crying. Like, I am just a crier. That's how I express my emotions. Like, literally this morning I was fucking sobbing because there's this family that I get occasionally and the wife is dying of cancer. They are young. They're, I think, in their early 30s. They have, like, a three-year-old. The husband is filming it. And he posted today, like, They'd been on vacation and he posted today, like, vacation's over. The family is here. They're saying their final goodbyes. And it's like a picture of her and her sister or a video of her and her sister hugging. And it's like, oh, my God, I was sobbing. It was so fucking sad. It was so it's so, so, so sad. And then, of course, I like scroll to the next video and it's it's this girl who's like, here's my dad. He's retired. He makes cat beds all day. And I'm like, that's so cute. Like a true emotional roller coaster. So I'm not like coming at people who cry over TikToks because I bet if Elise Myers did lose that baby and I saw a video of her crying about it, I would probably cry too. But like just one search bar feature does not send me into hysterical sobs because I care so much about that person. But it's just it's so bizarre like that that is the way that the search function works. They really, really need to fix that. Okay, I want to talk about Taylor Frankie Paul, who a lot of you are going to say who but I bet you have actually seen her face because last year, Taylor Frankie, Taylor Frankie Paul um, kind of went viral because she came out, her and her husband broke up and it came out that she was cheating on him. And she was like, actually, I'm not cheating on him. Me and all my friends that I post on TikTok are swingers. <laughs> And people lost their fucking minds because these are all, I I don't think they're Mormon anymore. They possibly are, were never Mormon, but they are in Utah. And, you know, there's a creator, what is her name? Aspen Ovard? Is that her name? Is, is it Aspen or Avery? I think she has a sister named Avery, but she got popular on YouTube. She is like beautiful. Utah has this really cute husband. They have two young kids. She got married super early. She was never Mormon, but she now that I, I think she's moved away from Utah, but she's been talking a lot. Her kids are, I think like three and two. She's been talking a lot about how she regrets getting married so early. She still loves her husband and they're together, but she talks about the fact that like, I wasn't even Mormon, but I felt like I had to be married by 21. Like just the culture that she was surrounded by and the influence that it had on her life and how she regrets like that she wasn't able to like experience the world the same way that she would have been if she didn't get married so young. Those videos are really interesting to me because I find it, it's just an interesting phenomenon that like these people in Utah are not Mormon, but they're still like heavily impacted by the culture that's around them. 
And I don't say that as like a negativity towards LDS. I'm just saying it's just very different than like where I am. And I would imagine it's same in other places that have a heavy religious influence on them, right? Like small towns, small towns and places where a lot of people are religious. I would imagine the marriage rate is much younger, et cetera, et cetera. So Taylor Frankie Paul came out and was like, we're swingers. And of course, the world went wild. Then she was like, we're actually soft swingers in that they would like make out with each other, but not do more. But then I guess she had sex with one of the other husbands. And so it blew everything up. She was getting a reality TV show. She was like super popular. Um, She made a video <laughs> after her and her husband broke up. She made a video of her sharing her kids custody schedule as she was dancing. <laughs> Which, of course, everybody went on to parody. It was really funny. But Taylor Frankie Paul is kind of a mess. Like I said, she's very pretty. She's very young. And she, I guess, has talked about having, like, a drinking issue recently. And she was arrested and for domestic violence. So it comes out, like, it happened on a Friday or Saturday night. The next, I think it must have been a Saturday night and Sunday. I'm, like, seeing this on Reddit, seeing this on TikTok. And it's, like, she was arrested there's really no news. One of the charges is has to do with like a minor in the home. People are like, well, in Utah, like if there is a minor in the home at all, like you get charged and you're arrested for domestic violence, like that gets added on to your charges. And there was a comment on Reddit, which I guess was on TikTok first, that was like she and her boyfriend got into a huge fight. She threw a chair at him and it hit her three-year-old daughter. And I was like, oh shut the fuck up like truly I was like nobody fucking know. get out of here nobody knows that what the fuck are you talking about then a week later it comes out that's what fucking happened somebody said it might have been her mom leaking it because apparently her mom is like extremely messy but this woman like comes back from this party her and her boyfriend are fighting because she already has like a live-in boyfriend even though she hasn't been divorced for like a year yet I don't think because uh, that was last summer, the Mormon mom thing. <sighs> so fucked up. <laughs> the Mormon swinger thing. And she and her boyfriend got into this huge fight. The neighbors called the police. She, once the cops got there and they saw that, I guess he had like scratches all over him. And he's like, who did the, they're like, who did this? And he said that Taylor did it. Um, She attacked him in front of the police and at one point had picked up a bar stool and her daughter was sitting on the couch and she threw it at her boyfriend and it hit the daughter. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is so scary. It's really awful. It's really sad. Um, Like, clearly watching her life blow up. Like, she's an abuser. Like, she needs to be separated from this boyfriend. Her children probably should not be in her care unsupervised. But I do find it sad because, like, her life has blown up so much in the last year and it's really out of control. And to me, it's like anybody whose life is out of control, it's pretty sad. So I'm not sure if there's been any news since that. I think, you know, the wheels of justice move slow. Her ex has a new girlfriend that's living with him as well. And... (laughs) Like I said, they have been divorced, I'm pretty sure, for less than a year. And they both are living with new partners, which God bless his little children. You know, let's all collectively pray for those little children. And his girlfriend is like, we hope that when Taylor's ready, she'll be able to see the children. 
we want her in the children's lives. And I'm like, you've known these children for six months. Like, who is we? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's just, it's really, it's sad. It really is. Um, I hope that she's going to rehab. Honestly, I really do. Okay, I wrote down... <laughs> I wrote down the concept of boundaries <laughs> because something that's been driving me fucking insane is the way in which content creators talk about boundaries. They'll be like, I'm creating this boundary with you, like to a commenter that I'm not going to answer that. And my boundary is none of you are allowed to ask me about that. And I'm like, you don't have bound, like... You have bound the idea that you need to like share in that context, like these are my boundaries with my audience. I don't know. It's so weird the way that people be like, you're really crossing my boundary. It's like, that's a stranger. That is a stranger. This person is reacting to the content that you put online and people are crazy. So crazy people are reacting to the shit that you put online because people are crazy. And I'm not really sure like how you don't know that. And I'm not saying that like, if you're posting stuff online, you deserve to have, like, people saying whatever the fuck they want to you because that's not how I feel. That's not what I mean by this. But it's just such a funny thing. Like, they get all serious and they're like, my boundary is that no one is allowed to ask me about this. And it's like, well, people are going to ask you about that. Your boundary is don't answer it. Don't acknowledge it. Don't talk about it. I don't know. Boundaries are things that you have, like, in your real life. I don't, and I know TikTok is their real life. I just find it so funny when these content creators like get online and they're like, my audience has not been respecting my boundaries. It's like, yeah, because they're psychos. Of course they don't respect your boundaries. <laughs> okay, we have to talk about the saran wrap, baby. <laughs> so fucked up. I did not know this this creator, um, but there's this woman, hold on, TikTok, Saran, baby. It's going to pull her up. Okay, so there's this woman, her name is Savannah. Hold on, hold on. Oh, God. Uh, by the way, can I just accept all cookies for the whole internet? I, I don't, track my shit. I don't care. Every fucking website having to say that I accept you tracking my cookies or I don't, like, I'm, I don't ever want to see that pop up again. Okay, her name is Savannah Glembin. So, Savannah Glembin has a husband in the military and she posted this video of her with her toddler wrapped up, like, neck down in saran wrap. So, like, with his arms pinned to his body, um, her husband comes home in full uniform, by the way, which I would imagine is an issue with his chain of command. He comes home and he's kind of like throwing him around the bed a little, like not in a violent way, but they're like, he was being bad all day. He wouldn't keep his hands to himself. So we had to saran wrap him up. And the dad is like picking him up by the saran wrap. And it's not, look, would I say it's abusive? No. Yes. Jury's out for me, I guess. Jury's out for me. Um, is it inappropriate to post online? Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Would I ever do that to a child? No, 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 no. So she posts on TikTok that CPS came and took her baby away because of this video. She posts a video, like a three minute long video of her crying, explaining how CPS came and took the 
baby. And I'm like, what the fuck? If that was me, my phone would be in the oven. Like, I'd be burning my phone. I'd be melting my phone. Because I would never want to look at the TikTok app again. I would be so fucking upset and embarrassed and angry at myself. Like, the last thing I would be doing is getting on TikTok and then, like, further explaining that CPS came and took my kid. What the fuck? She got the baby back, like, a couple days later because I think my guess would be that that is not something that normally... CPS would automatically move to remove the child. Um, My guess is that they got so many calls and the caseworker was like, I don't want to deal with this. I just don't want to deal with this. So I'm going to take this baby until I can figure out what's going on. Which I guess fair enough. I don't know. Actually not fair enough. I, I I don't love that behavior from a CPS worker. But also I'm not really sure what else was in the home. I don't know. Maybe she went in and it was, there was feces all over the floor. No food in the kitchen. Like We don't really know the circumstances, but don't prank your kids online, I think is, um, I think is a really safe bet. Like I said, I am not somebody that says that kids should not be on TikTok. That is not, that is not me. That little Sunday, the little baby that smells candles, she's delightful. I love her. But in general, I think once you start pranking your kids or you record yourself disciplining your kids or anything like that, like, you've gone too far. Don't do that. Don't get your baby taken away for TikTok views. That's really silly. That's a really silly thing. And then, you know, to have to admit it is very embarrassing. (laughs) Someone asked if I'm still listening to Holly and Bridget's uh, podcast from Girls Next Door, which is not a TikTok question, but yes, I am. I still really like it. I think Bridget has gotten so much better. Um, Holly's gotten way better at stepping back and letting Bridget talk. And I mean, I'm obsessed with listening to Bridget, like have realizations that her life was a horror movie. (laughs) She'll be like, I mean, I just really, I just look back at my time so fondly. But, you know, there was like all those times that I felt like I was sexually assaulting someone when I was forced to have group sex with them. And I'm like, what? it's so wild oh my god I love it it's good I mean not every episode is great but in general I'm very much enjoying the podcast it's called girls next level I want Kendra to come on and I want them to fight that's what I really want (laughs) also it is weird how little they acknowledge like that they don't acknowledge how fucking weird it was that Bridget's 18 year old sister was there. They should be acknowledging that more. They're still being like, it wasn't weird. And it's like, it was weird. Okay. It was weird. You were weird. Okay. Where was I? <laughs> I'm going to do a final, a final one, which is it's Ashley. And if you guys don't know this person, I'm kind of obsessed with her. Her name is Ashley and she is a Taylor Swift impersonator. And Probably not impersonator. I think a lookalike, I guess, is a better word for it. Because when I think of an impersonator, I think of the True Life episode with the woman that was Anna Nicole Smith, True Life from Leading a Double Life, which I think I did an episode for on Feathers in My Hair, actually. Maybe as a bonus episode for Feathers in My Hair. I've talked about this somewhere. True Life from Living a Double Life. It's a fucking iconic episode. Um, there is the guy who's gay who thinks none of his friends know he's gay. When he comes out, they go, or he goes, and none of my friends know I'm gay. And then the camera goes to all of his friends being like, he's gay. No, he's gay. And then when he comes out, his friend goes, 
honey. <laughs> it's so funny. And then the other guy who has two girlfriends and with one he makes porn videos. And then the Anna Nicole Smith impersonator who gets plastic surgery and gains and loses weight and like goes around like pretending to be her and like does paid gigs and stuff. So I don't know if I would go as far as to say as this woman is an impersonator, but she is this woman. Her name is Ashley. And she looks like Taylor Swift on TikTok. And I want to make that clear because I saw some videos of her on the Tamron Hall show and I gasped because I think she does look like Taylor. I'll see people all the time be like, she doesn't look like Taylor. She doesn't look like Taylor. She doesn't look like Taylor. But Taylor Swift herself or somebody on Taylor's account did comment like, oh my God, my mom thought you were me. Like she looks like her in the TikTok videos is a big part of it that she has Taylor's exact haircut. She wears Taylor's exact makeup and she styles herself exactly as Taylor does. Yeah, sure. That's a big part of it. But on the Tamron Hall show, she had all these things going for her and she did not look like Taylor. And I was like, oh my God. It's the filters and the camera angles, which I feel like normally I'm pretty good at sussing that out. But I was like really shocked by it. But it's just Ashley because that's her thing. I'm not Taylor. I'm just Ashley. It's so annoying. She truly is like, I have no idea why people think I look like Taylor Swift. Like, I don't have blue eyes. And I'm like, does Taylor like do you what? Like, she will constantly be like, there's no way anybody could think I'm Taylor Swift because I don't have blue eyes. And it's like, girl. That is, like, not... I feel like nobody talks about Taylor Swift's eye color. (laughs) That is not what any... What are you talking about? But she very, very purposely styles herself to look like Taylor Swift. Uh, She has a cat that's named after another Grey's Anatomy character. Like, she is obsessed with Taylor Swift. And the fact that she is, like, this is just a total coincidence is so insane. But she has a bunch of followers. And she had this little drama... In which she was invited to the Grammys. And she, okay. It wasn't a scam. She was not scammed. But this company that works with influencers reached out and was like, we want to send you to the Grammys. And the contract was basically, you fly yourself out, you pay for the hotel, you pay for your outfit, and you pay for everything. Oh, and by the by, here in this contract, we can cancel this at any time for no reason at all. And we know this because she shared the contract because everybody was like, you got scammed. You're a fucking idiot. You're a dummy. You're an idiot. But then she shared the contract being like, look, I'm not an idiot. And everyone's like, "Mm, no, you're just an idiot in a different way. But she really was like, I'm going to the Grammys. Like she was implying at first that the Grammys had invited her, which is so obviously not the case. The Grammys would not invite a pop star impersonator there <laughs> like they just wouldn't do that it, it there are these media companies though these PR companies that send influencers to events like that happens for most of these big award shows and I think especially the Grammys is a little more accessible um so she gets out there she's like hysterically crying because she's in LA when they cancel <laughs> and she is like she is truly flabbergasted at the idea that there would be a reason that she would not be going to the Grammys. And my guess would be that once Taylor Swift, like, look, I think that Taylor isn't like, like impressed or entertained, entertained by her to a certain extent when she came up. I mean, Taylor Swift is an inc- the most, one of the most famous women in the world, right? Like having impersonators is probably like, ha, huh, that's funny. Um, Taylor Swift does has very, 
does have very serious stalkers as well. Remember in her documentary on Netflix and she talked about finding one in her bed? So fucking scary. Oh, my God. So I would imagine she's extra hesitant with people, right? Because she does have stalkers. But I think, like, look, am I a huge Taylor fan? No. But I think that overall she has, like, a pretty good sense of humor about certain things. I bet she saw that video on her For You page and was like, oh, my God, she really does look like me. Mom, look. And her mom's like, oh, my God, she does look like you. That's not you. I thought that was you. Like, I think to that level. But I don't think Taylor Swift wants to be at the Grammys with a Taylor Swift impersonator. Um, I think that's simply not something that she's interested in. (laughs) And I don't blame her. Like, I would not because then it becomes a thing, right? Like, suddenly this is a whole thing. And I don't think, like, Taylor herself is necessarily thinking about this. But do I think that somebody on Taylor's team, their job is to truly, like, scroll through the TikTok and look at what their fans are doing? We know that it's a job. It's Taylor Nation, right? Like, we already know that that's a thing, that she and her team keep tabs on fans. It's how they have those secret sessions. Like, this has been a thing for Taylor forever. Before it's TikTok, it was Tumblr. And the... Taylor and her team have always, like, heavily interacted with her fan base in a very intimate way via social media. So I bet whoever was in charge of Taylor Nation that day is scroll, scroll, scrolling through TikTok and sees that Ashley is saying, I got invited to the Grammys. And I think that Taylor had not yet publicly confirmed at that point that she was going Um, but obviously her team knew she was going. And so I would guess that Taylor Nation person passes it up the ladder, eventually gets to Taylor's publicist, Tree Payne, and Tree Payne calls the Grammys and is like, "Uh, what? Hey, what's going on? And they're like, we don't fucking know, girl. We didn't invite her. Like somebody, oh, look, she's on this list with this company. Um, and so Tree Payne calls that company and is like, that girl better not be at the Grammys. And they're like, oops, you can't come to the Grammys. And that makes total sense to me because, like I said, it's one thing to have Ashley at your show and take a picture backstage, right? Like, that's one thing. But if you're going to have, like, if she's going to be at the Grammys, it suddenly becomes a story that Taylor Swift impersonator is at the Grammys with Taylor Swift. I would imagine there becomes a lot of pressure for Taylor to take a picture with her or interact with her or any possible interaction is like heavily scrutinized. And it takes attention off of Taylor. And the fact, I believe she was nominated for album of the year, right? For Midnight's like, I don't know if she won anything this year, but like she's there in a capacity to be celebrated for her work. And this is a night for Taylor Swift, not for how does Taylor Swift interact with an impersonator of her. And if I was Taylor Seam, I would not want her at the Grammys. Like I said, invited to a show backstage. Yeah, I could definitely see Taylor's team doing that. But there's a difference between having fans at your home for the secret sessions or taking pictures with them backstage or being one person that like Taylor hugs at every show. I saw some TikTok of this girl that's been, you know, going to Taylor Swift shows since 2007. And she's always in the front row and Taylor always recognizes her and like stops and gives her a hug like That makes sense. And Ashley in that capacity makes sense, but not at the Grammys. Um, She also had a blue dress that looked a lot like one that Taylor wore in a music video for the album Speak Now, which is like heavily speculated to be her next Taylor's version album to come out. So people are like, oh my God, she's going to like have people thinking that she's announcing Speak Now stuff. It was just all very calculated on Ashley's part. And 
she really like made it seem like she was going to the Grammys with the Grammys. <laughs> that the Grammys were inviting her personally there and watching her absolutely melt down was so funny. And then watching her on the Tamron Hall show was just so wild. Because like I said, she really didn't look that much like Taylor Swift. Like she had the same haircut because, you know, magically Ashley just happens to get the same haircut that Taylor has always She's doing that signature red lip. She's, like, dressed in an outfit. She really does her posture a lot like Taylor. Taylor does, like, that weird hunched over thing that a lot of, I think, tall women do if they never, like, embrace their height as a kid, right? They learn to make themselves look smaller. And she does that. I think Ashley is about as tall as Taylor. So there are, like, striking resemblances between them. But it's so interesting on this show because she just does not look like Taylor Swift and she's like I don't know like Tamron's interviewing her and she's like I don't know I just like I just happen to look like her and people just like mm, they happen to think I look like her and it's so weird and I would have so much more respect for her if she was like look like people occasionally told me I was Taylor Swift I started listening to her music I fucking loved her and I realized I can make a living being a content creator impersonating Taylor Swift so here I am it's this weird like I don't know why you guys think I look like her thing that she does. I don't know why you guys think that. She also has, like, small children, apparently, which is this whole layer of weird to me. And she's just a really silly, she's a really silly Billy to me. Like, there's something very funny about her. Anytime I get her videos or videos about her, I always laugh. I definitely suggest just, like, looking at her page and looking how she styles herself and watching some of the videos in which she insists that she's not doing it on purpose it's very, very funny. And she has a lot of fucking followers and a blue check mark. Like, she's a big TikTok account. <laughs> it, I believe her TikTok account is It's Just Ashley or It's Me Ashley. I think It's Just Ashley. Like, I'm not, it's not Taylor. It's Just Ashley. I know I said that was my last one, but I am going to end with this. I had people ask me if I was watching the Murdoch trial or following it. I'm saying Murdoch, even though their name is not spelled Murdoch. <laughs> By the way, I'm finally watching Succession season three. I watched the first episode when it was on, but I don't know. I have to be in a mood to watch Succession. I don't know what mood it is, but I have to be in that mood. And the fact, did you guys know this, that the birth order of the children is obviously Connor and then Kendall and then Roman and then Shiv. And Roman is the middle child and Shiv is the youngest. Nothing has ever made less sense. That is a plot hole entirely. Like, there is nothing but youngest baby child energy for Roman, and there is nothing but middle child energy for Shiv. It is so weird. Like, it's all I can think about, the fact that the birth order is fucked up in this, like, on the show. They did a bad job with that birth order. It makes total sense that Shiv would be the middle child and that Roman would be the baby. Like, everything about their characters fits perfectly in that, and the fact that they're not is so weird. I'm actually going to finish that right after I finish recording this. I have an episode left. Anyway, what was, oh, Murdoch, Murdow, however the fuck you say their name. So no, I was not following this almost at all. Obviously, like, I'm in the culture, you know, so I had an inkling of it. I knew that there was a podcast specifically about them. I knew he was accused of killing his wife and son. Um, I knew that he was on trial. Obviously, I was not following the trial. I, like, I know that people have been following this for a long time at this point. And I really had not been whatsoever. And I did decide to watch the Netflix uh, docuseries recently. And that shit was good. 
honestly. It was really good. And I, as somebody who basically knew absolutely nothing about this story, I was like, there were so many dead bodies. <laughs> At every turn, there was a dead body. I was like, <gasps> another one? Another one? Like, <laughs> the way that there just kept being dead bodies was so crazy to me. Um, I might watch it. I know there's an HBO Max one, too. I might watch that eventually. I don't love to watch docuseries or documentaries like back to back like that because I usually get bored. But I thought the Netflix one was really, really well done. Like I said, I do not follow this closely. So I'm sure that there are a lot of people that are like, it actually was missing this, this and this and this. And I respect that. You guys know I respect that. I'm somebody that when I know a lot of things about something, I cannot consume content about it that is not perfectly accurate to my knowledge of it. But as, like, a layman, I found it really compelling. Um, You know, here's the thing. Paul Murdoch, 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 was going to kill more people. He, the son Paul had, in a drunk boating accident, killed one of his friends. Um, It was really awful, like, really really, really bad. Uh, he beat the shit out of his girlfriend. He was super abusive to his girlfriend and he would have killed more people for sure. I actually know someone, I mean, I don't know him personally, but somebody in my, in my beach, his family owns, uh, like a couple of stores, like a, they're very like well-known family on the Island. And he was last year, I think in 2021, he was driving home from a bar on a boat and somehow hit a like a piling which is like a stick in the bay and hit it really fucking fast going really really fast and it was so bad um like somebody on the boat like got their face all fucked up like there were really serious injuries involved it took him like a year to get charged with the DUI I think he's still out on bail and he posted like a picture of himself the day that it came out that he had been arrested and like people I know were like on his Instagram like nobody's perfect (laughs) first of all to be where he was and hit a piling is so like and I'm not gonna act like I've never been on the boat with a drunk person I definitely have been on the boat with a drunk person you guys know I've talked about the fact that I used to drink and drive and drive fucked up like this is not like me pretending like I'm better than well, I will say I'm better than both of these people, but, um, especially Paul, but I, I know the waters, like, I, I know this area that he hit the piling in his boat, and that means he either didn't have his lights on on his boat, or he was so fucking blasted and was not paying attention at all, and really, like, he should have been able to drive that line with his eyes closed, because it's, the inlet it's a, he's lived there his whole life like he's been boating there his whole life that he would hit that piling is so crazy to me and he had it going so fast it's so scary and it's very similar to what happened with Paul basically Paul was so drunk and his friends were on the boat and it's just a really sad lesson and like don't get in the car or on a boat with drunk people when you are any age but especially a teenager like the fact that the kids had multiple opportunities to not be on that boat with him, just really sad. And I'm they all will have to live with that for the rest of their lives. But basically, 
he Paul was like a fucking crazy alcoholic. Everybody knew it. They knew he was blacked out that night. His friends were like trying to fight with him and get him away from the steering wheel. He refused. He wouldn't let anybody else drive. Eventually, he going very fast hits the side of a bridge and two of the passengers fall out and one end up dying. Um, he like didn't get charged with this for a very long time. He tried to pin it on a friend of his and it's just watching his girlfriend, his former girlfriend talk about all this. I found so sad. Like I was crying through this whole thing, watching how she talked about him. I can't imagine being in that position that her best friend was killed by her abusive boyfriend that she had been really trying to get away from. They had broken up and gotten back together a million times, of course, but they were like finally breaking up and like really breaking up and she felt like she was really leaving him for good and he kind of convinced her to go out that night he's like everybody else is coming don't you want to be with your friends because they had a group of like three guys and three girls that all dated each other and they were all best friends and hung out all the time and she was like fine 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 i'll go that night when he was blackout on the boat he ends up hit like shortly before the accident he slapped her in the face in front of everybody and he had been beating her up for, I think, the majority of their relationship. Uh, but he, you know, finally did it in front of other people. So your boyfriend that you, like, have finally kind of gotten away from, but then you, like, give in to again to go see him. Then he slaps you in front of your friends. And then he kills your best friend. I I can't even imagine the horror that that would feel. And then to, like... Get some healing, um, you know, because after that night, like, she was done. She was totally done with him. Anybody that hung out with him, she was like, I cut them out of my life. Like, she really was very, very done. It's clear she had been to a lot of therapy. It's clear her parents had been to therapy about this. Like, her family really seemed to be in a much better place. Um, Then for him to get murdered by his daddy is so insane like I don't know how you would wrap your head around that honestly like I it's the your your abusive boyfriend murdering your I mean is murder the right word killing I guess is a better word your abusive boyfriend killing your best friend is bad enough obviously obviously but then for him to turn up murdered is just so crazy and I know everybody's obsessed with like the Alex of it Alec excuse me he calls himself Alec the Alec of it all, and if Alec did it or if Alec didn't do it. I mean, I, to me, it seems very obvious he did it. Um, I I think that everybody agrees with that. I know I was seeing some people think that he might, that the jury may have been hung because he gave really good testimony, but in general, I think most people agree that he is a guilty man and a very bad man at that who killed his wife and child for seemingly no reason. Uh, just for being a family annihilator, I guess, and helped his son get away with killing this woman for quite a long time, helped his other son possibly get away with murdering his boyfriend, his cl- like his secret boyfriend, <laughs> and possibly covered up the murder of his housekeeper and then stole the life insurance or the insurance money from her family. He's an evil, evil man, and obviously that is, like, the main draw of this case, and that's what everybody's following, but for me, from the docuseries, the absolute main takeaway was Morgan, the girlfriend of Paul, and just how, and if if there are bad things about Morgan, I don't really want to hear them, honestly. Please don't message me about them, 
because I this is not a case that I'm going to take on. I'm not closely following it. I'm not going to start closely following anything. I'm not going to be doing super duper deep dive. I just mean like as a commentary on this docuseries because I did tweet something about it and I got one response from a random person that was like she was just crying for attention. I was like I'm so I'm sure there are issues with her. People have issues with her whatever. But as a docuseries that I watched where I didn't really know anything about this case far and away the most compelling part was Morgan. I I like it's so you know she moves from New York to South Carolina this small area um, she gets in with, like, the cool crowd. The rich, popular boy, like, likes her. Suddenly she's over at his mansion and his hunting farm and his parents are letting them drink. And pff, I know that I would have been, like, going crazy over there. And then he's abusive towards you and you finally get away from him. And then your friend, your best friend dies. And I know she feels a lot of guilt over that. And then... Him to show up murdered is so crazy. Like, I I just don't know how you process all of that. And, I mean, thank God she had gotten away from him, right? And had spent a couple years very clearly in therapy and working on it and working hard to get better. But, I, like, I just can't imagine what sort of, like, tailspin you go in when that happens. I mean, it's really... I think that's not something we talk about a lot, like, what it's like when your abuser dies and, like, what that feels like. I think that's a really, first of all, I think it's a pretty unique to each person situation. Um, I remember once a friend telling me, like, how guilty she felt that she didn't feel bad. And I was like, well, why would you feel bad? But we're ingrained to think that we need to feel bad for every person that dies, right? And you know, to deal with that is really difficult. And I think it's actually quite a common thing because, you know, a lot of people have abusive family members and they're older and they eventually pass. But for your abusive significant other to pass, I think is, I mean, it's a mindfuck for anybody, for a parent, a family friend, that's a mindfuck. I think it's a particularly unique, particularly unique mindfuck if it's your like your ex-boyfriend or whatever, and he's around the same age as you and dies in a really horrific, shocking manner. I, I, I It like gives me body chills to think about it. So if you don't know anything about this case, I would definitely recommend the docuseries on Netflix. It's three episodes, which so is Stolen Youth on Hulu. You guys know that I like hate docuseries. Ever, not everything needs to be a docuseries. It's too long. I don't need to watch eight episodes of almost any true crime thing ever. Three episodes, I think, is kind of a nice amount. Um, I think two is probably ideal because <laughs> that's kind of the, you know, the time of a full-length documentary. But the three-episode docuseries I found to be good. I watched it all in one night, which I don't do that often anymore um, because I am addicted to TikTok you know what's really crazy? Like, TikTok has broken my brain so much that when I watch, like, multiple episodes of television, I'm like, good job, Liz. You've really concentrated on that. Like, that is fucked up. That's crazy. But, like, I read. It's not like, I read a decent amount. I read every single night before bed. I listen to books all day long. So it's not like I don't have attention, but, like, something about TikTok has ruined my TV attention, and I really have to make an active effort (laughs) to watch it. Okay, with that, 
I think that's it for this week. Patreon.com slash Liz Explains. If you like this episode, you want to hear more about it, there's a backlog of, I don't know, 200 episodes in which you can hear me talking about this shit. I hope everybody's a good week. We will be back to Team Mom next week. If all goes as planned, Princess will be joining me. She has a lot to say about Caitlin and Tyler. We have a lot to talk about in regards to Caitlin and Tyler. We're going to do another Team Mom OG episode because I know she wants to talk about them and I want to talk to them, talk to her about them. So... Yes, with that, I hope you all have a lovely week and I will talk to you again soon.